Hi, everyone. I'm Sandra Ingerman and calling from Santa Fe, New Mexico, where we have had an extreme weather change and we're down into the 30s from the 80s today. So I'm a happy camper because that's my favorite time of year. <laughs> Burr, and I thought we were doing good yesterday when we finally dipped back into the 80s over here in Palm Desert. I'm Renee Barabo and and we've had a weather change too. And I'm thinking about, I'm going into some more severe weather this coming, this fall. And I'm thinking like, wow, I'm leaving this beautiful time of year and going into the cold and damp. Am I ready for this change? Yeah, that's a big one. We always have to think about. <laughs> it's like when my husband and I go, we should go somewhere and we go, where will we go? <laughs> you know, there's, there's just so many landscapes and, and weather patterns happening right now on the planet. It's like, um, you know, as everything's changing, our map of even where we want to go to be close to nature is changing too. So it's interesting times as we really need to adapt. I was, I was really thinking about... Um, my father, my, my father, we pre-record these shows. And um, as of this pre-recording, my father's uh, anniversary of his death was a couple of days ago. And my father was, both my parents were uh, gifted in ways that I didn't get to see until they were in their 90s. <laughs> and, you know, that's where, because I was with them every day then, that's where I could really see how they were shining in the world. But one of the things about my parents, and, you know, we all have stories, no matter where you're listening from around the world, you know, we were just so, so poor. And um, it wasn't a time on the planet where you could really look at what was your soul calling you to do? What were you passionate about doing? My, my grandfather was, uh, one of my grandfathers was um, um, a genius IQ and he came over to escape persecution and he lived his life working in, in, um, in a factory making bow ties and suspenders. And um, my mother is one of the most psychic people I ever met. And she was a legal secretary and helped my father out in his mom and pop store. And my father probably had the most incredible green thumb and connection to nature of anybody I met. He had this unbelievable connection to animals and his father did too. His father had a whole zoo at their house. Um, but, you know, animals are so sensitive um, to what your gifts are, you know, and if you're safe to be around. And so um, I, I was saddened by the fact that I really got to experience my parents' spiritual gifts, their, their practical gifts in the world and what they contributed in the world, but their spiritual gifts until they were in their 90s because everything for the, about them was how am I going to get by the next day with making rent and, and buying food. There was no time to take webinars or 
sign up on podcasts or learn skills like that. Um, they didn't live in that in that period of time. And we have a different opportunity now. A lot of people are struggling just as much as they are. But in the collective, there's more consciousness to how we can get by some of our deepest survival challenges. Like when I was almost homeless so many times and didn't have food, I would have loved to have some of the breathing exercises that are <laughs> right now. Um, we, we have this toolbox that, you know, teachers from around the world, such as Renee, have been you know, blessing these global communities with so that um, we can drop into our soul and we can come up with new solutions that bring us passion where our soul is passionate about what we're doing and where our soul isn't tampered down so much that we lost all the light in our eyes. Mm -hmm funny when you were talking about your father and your love for animals did you notice Sami came right down from her perch came right through the 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 podcast here and she's still looking at me so Sandra your dad's here to say thanks for remembering his birthday I feel that so I mean she just gave me a look when I said her name so it wasn't a, a normal look that you know my mother used to always say to me Renee you should have had some kids because then if you had had some kids, you wouldn't have had time to do all of this, this wacky spiritual stuff you do. And, and you know, and it's kind of like, I guess it was my own form of joining the nunnery to, to walk this spiritual path that, you know, was, it was not necessarily an easy road. And when I watch people with their children, I'm thinking like, okay, did I miss out on that? Or, you know, we, but this is kind of where we're going today. We wanted to talk about some our, our own original soul medicine. And uh, it's, it's important because are we, one of the things that I noticed over on the shaman's cave a lot lately is people come there looking for validation about their experience. And we don't even, we have to find a way to understand that there are no two same experiences. Like there's no two wins, you know, there's no, there's no two same experiences. And the, the, the sooner in life we can step into that one that's uniquely our own and understand, wow, that's just perfectly good that way. The sooner we can really get to about the business of, you know, being a better citizen on this planet is, is my feeling about that. Yeah, that that makes absolute perfect sense. I mean, absolute perfect sense. And and you know that is where we're going. It's like um, I think we talked about this last week in this transition we're in. We're dying while we're alive mm -hmm. um, because in shamanic work, as we've shared you must be stripped of your identity to be able to step into the new you that is um, a different consciousness, uh, going to a different consciousness that you would like to live from, raising your vibrations so that 
your um, energy field on the planet is just as strong or a little bit stronger than people who are trying to bring it down. You know, these practices are so important. We have no, you have no idea of what's going on on the invisible levels with people we don't want to know about. We want to know about what we're doing on the spiritual levels to push that negativity of the collective, all the hate that it's been collecting. You know, the COVID had, has a real message for us and, and how much we resist and fight is gonna depend on how strong the message gets. But people are being asked to start learning again, learning how to be a human being, learning what that means. And so, you know, for me, part of that is gonna always be talk to your soul and not to your ego all the time because your ego's kind of in a, I want, oh, this would be fun. And I know it wouldn't be good for the environment, but wouldn't it be great if I took a thousand people to the small island? And, you know, we can come up with things, our ego can come up with amazing things that um, can bring us to new places, new consciousness, do world healing, do healing on ourselves as the world is trying to figure out how to nurture us. Um, there's a lot that we can do now. And it really is, are you willing to go down below the surface of your mind and really tap into what your soul and spirit, what your destiny is actually saying to you? That's so true about, I don't know, about eight years ago now, on my final my my last trip to Peru and I don't know that it's my final trip or whatever but I looked around and I thought to myself like wow we I I have to say I helped destroy this culture you know it, it was really nice when you know we were there and and when I went early with you know in the early 2000s late 1998 I think with a with Alberto, we could go in at night and go on the death stone and do, you know, really sacred work. And, and then the last time I was there, there was globs of people there. Like, if that's a word. It was just like, you couldn't move. There were rules. You had to walk a certain way. There was like arrows. And we were, we were trampling all over the, the sacred sites because we could. You know, and, and the ultimate one was for me was when, and I hope this COVID and the way we've gone to the shutdown has stopped this, but they were building an international jet port in the middle of one of the most beautiful weaving towns so that people could have more access. You know, and at that point you couldn't go back in after dark, you know, I mean, there was all of, and I thought like, wow, this isn't, sacred travel has become an abusive business practice. And so I really had to look at it and I really haven't been back since. And, and, and I thought like, well, wow, one day I'm going to have to go back there and help people remember about what their traditions really were about, you know, like what, what was sacred. And, and, and I don't mean that in like a big egotistical way, but that our consumerism interfered with people remembering their sacred nature practices because 
all of a sudden selling earrings and jewelry became more important, you know, for some sustainability than farming. Yeah, it's that's a brilliant point, Renee. It's really an important point is that we removed ourselves. We're the ones who removed ourselves from the world of nature. And we're also the ones who, I know most of you listening to the show don't believe this, but trust me, there are more than should be out there who believe that humankind um, came here to manipulate and control nature and that we have the power to do so. And that of course will be a big lesson. We saw the COVID strike us down of everybody stop and take a look at what you're doing to your environment. Um, and, you know, now with the lack of change in consciousness about the environment in, in, a, in a sadly too big um, piece of the planet, there are, there are those of us who are out there for uh, definitely doing everything we can, contributing to climate change in every way we can. Some of us can be out there being activists and some of us can do our spiritual work. Some of us can mentor students and how to do both and, you know, how to really change the world. But um, it really takes a, a soul calling, a calling from your soul to really want you to contribute and to participate in, in what your karma is and what your destiny is and why you came here. And as we've talked about on other shows, we're here for such a short period of time. So in this crucial time, what would bring you enthusiasm, joy, insight, feeling like you're participating in a changing dream? <laughs> That's so true. And, and the wind work was that for me is one of the things when I was take when I was a student, I was like, well, I don't want to, I don't want to appropriate what my teachers have showed me. You know, I want to take what they, you know, what they taught me and then build something of my own from there. And I don't know if that was my soul's driving was to be original. And, you know, I'm a creator. So it, probably is my soul's longing to keep creating and creation and I wasn't looking for the wind it wasn't I was looking to write a book my mother would read I had no idea that these wind spirits were going to come in and then I had an expectation of how that was going to look once they came and I thought well you know I'm going to be a famous Hay House author you know and then I start to compare myself well you know well look at Sandra you know she's written 10 books you know and then I kind of think like well she's been doing this for 40 years and it's like Get in your own lane. I mean, so many times, like you have to right size yourself. Like when you go into that, oh, but this is what somebody else has done and it works. Like all of those business teachers who are teaching you how to make 6K, whatever like that meant something. And, and it's like, well, I don't want to learn that. I want to learn to be able to share my medicine. And what I've learned over the last few years with this is that if the winds were unleashed from the caves, when say when the book came out or when I found it or tripped over it or it tripped over me, who knows, then isn't that just enough? Like that's pretty huge. I mean, cause they've been quiet for, you know, so many thousands of years, 
isn't that just enough? And like, if I didn't, if I sat on the rock for the rest of my life, watching the winds, you know, slap me in the face and stuff like that, or push me over that, that was enough instead of like striving after, well, what's the next windbag full of, and what's, am I supposed to do with that? And so in the process of what that now seven, eight years later, you know, there's finally a foundation enough of, of a few wind believers who are, who want to do an apprenticeship. And you know what, in 200 years, there may be lots of tribes around the world who are wind believers and understand how to be in relationship with the wind. But when I go with my own limited human mind, trying to figure this all the way out, what this is going to look like, it becomes egoic. And we trip ourselves up each and every single time of that. And so every time I think, oh, I'm going to have, I think I told someone I'm going to have 50 apprentices. <laughs> and the truth is, is I don't know if I'm going to have 10, you know what I mean? But in our mind, we like to think, well, this will be the measure of success instead of we're just like this little blimp of sand being tossed about in the wind and, and what we do matters. Yeah. And our levels of success, you know, that's part of our journey too. And it's part of the adventure of what, what we all have to figure out. You know, I, I, I'm very grateful that I've been on the path that I've been on. It's a very, very, very difficult path. And, um, you know, it's brought me to some amazing places and, when I question where I am now, I've written 12 books, my workshops are really heavily attended. Um, one would call me a successful shamanic teacher. <laughs> I'm one of those self-critical people, so I don't give myself the benefit, but, um, but um, I don't know how many of you will understand this and I'm just gonna put it out. I actually feel like I was more successful when I was going into these little communities in um, Idaho, Kansas, Missouri, Michigan, different parts of the world, Tennessee, um, all over the world and working with smaller groups who were forming really strong communities and we laughed and we drummed all night. We never went to sleep and we told stories, healing stories and miracle healings happened constantly. It was rare to hear that somebody didn't get healed from shamanic work. And, and but back in those days, everybody talked, spirit said, spirit did, and it's because <laughs> From a shamanic point of view, you give your life over to the helping spirits when they come as a, a teacher or a guardian spirit or a power animal for you. You're just the vessel for their body. But what we see now in workshops, and I'm seeing it so much because my workshops are, are big, but I've also trained a lot of practitioners and teachers is instead of hearing the words, the ultimate words, every shamanic practitioner should start with 
is my spirits said the guidance from the unseen worlds were from my direct revelation experience this is what i got but people are just chattering all over facebook and even my own students are sending me emails where i actually have to write in the email you need to get a therapist and do personal work you're no longer <laughs> to your spirits anymore you're just talking to yourself (laughs) the practice has really changed and it changed because more people got interested um, more people became interested in how to make this into more of a money um, making uh, career you know we get we all get a lot of letters um, shamanism looks like an interesting career. Uh, what do I need to do to get on in this career path? And, you know, then you have to talk to people. It's not a career path. It's a karmic path and all the things that go with it. So it's interesting. And Renee and I should do a show on this sometimes to really compare the difference of um, people who live really simply and like to grow gardens and like to grow food and like to be at home and be in the trees and walking versus the part of the population of the best suit I can wear will give me the best job. Um, But is it going to give you the best happiness? And is it going to give you the best health and longevity as we're in a changing world. And so there's a lot to think about. There's just a lot to think about. I, and, and the thing with the, 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 the path, like in, I could be the business person and you could be the person who likes to be in nature more in, in certain ways. I was talking, I do this Finding Freedom Symposium and it started as a, as a work event that my boss said, you know, create this LGBTQ conference. And I'm there like, well, what are we going to talk about for more than one, 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 I thought it was going to be a one and done. And I should always know that spirit always gives me a project that I always just fluff off as something that I'm just going to do for work. And now six years later, the conversation's evolving because, you know, this, this gender fluidity is one of the next spiritual frontiers and this evolving this involving genderism and the conversations that go around it 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 may be different than having a healing of somebody on your table but to be having conversations with people who are trying to figure out how to help people who are struggling with these issues whether they're parents or they're you know your own soul and you know, I kind of always downplayed that I was, you know, a two spirit, you know, never, I never, it was just like, okay, that's just one more thing. And, and yet they all come back around always, if you're really following your soul's direction and everything that is put in front of you becomes the work of spirit. It's not separate when you're cooking, when you're going to it, you know, people say, oh, I've got to work this job. Well, for me, like, I bring my potential as a shamanic healer or, you know, or wind walker, wind whistler to absolutely everything I do. Yesterday, I got this email from my boss saying, you've changed the energy of our company. And, 
you know, and so that's kind of different than changing the energy of a plant, but it's the same skills. Yeah, that's, that's, that's really brilliant. Really brilliant. Yeah, I remember when um, I was doing um, my first um, guided uh, audio program for Sounds True on Medicine for the Earth and everything about uh, Medicine for the Earth, my work with Medicine for the Earth is about the practice of transfiguration, which is getting into your highest divine light. And um, <laughs> it was really funny because we didn't have anybody to tone with me. So we got three guys from the stock room to tone with me. <laughs> I, I couldn't tone at that time and um, they definitely couldn't tone. But they, we still, I led the guided visualization. We just dropped the toning and we put other toning in later. <laughs> but Tammy walks, she walks right into the office and she said, what have you done with my studio? It's completely changed now. <laughs> what have you done? Oh, can we tone? How do we tone? That would well, be a nice way to end this version. I don't, do we do ohms or do we tone or what do we do? Well, with toning, there's a lot of things that you can do. So toning isn't, you know, ohm is, um, is thought to be uh, one of the original syllables you know to birth the world and so you know when, when I do my dreaming ceremonies and all my ceremonies I like bringing in a lot of oming but we have more vowels um, and we have ah oh you can see how I'm gonna sound today this is fun you know, so you could play with your voice and you can make it go up and you can make it go down. And, and you're probably all aware uh, right now, you know, um, anxiety um, and mold and limes and the parasympathetic nervous system is pretty much the only conversation going on in the medical profession right now. And um, using your voice, um, uh, toning, humming, uh, chanting, it actually, what it does is um, there are different parts of your body that have the vagus nerve that calm you down. And so one of your vagus nerves is um, where you sing. So if you sing every day by doing you know, just doing something simple like that, um, it, it actually ends up uh, activating your vagus nerve and calms you down. And people are really needing that right now. And it's a really simple way to work. I, I like to work with breathing myself. I, I'm a 
breather. But I've been trying to, really trying to get more into the chanting. So OM is a real um, universally known um, tone of peace and of beauty and of love and of light. And so um, I'm just going to take a little water. And OM is also the sound of the wind. It's one of the original sounds from the wind. And that's, they say that it came from the wind. So those of you who are just getting new into the wind work, start with the OM. You're yeah. gonna OM? This is great, good. Oh, goody. I'll put myself on mute so, uh, so that it doesn't- but Only I embarrass myself. Well, <laughs> I think if we both OM, we're gonna lose the, the sound. Yeah. So you're gonna have to OM or I'm gonna have to OM, but it's gonna be you. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, here we go. So move your energy from your head and get it down into your heart. There's so much to love about life right now. And we're so focused on all the negative and everything that could happen that can turn life bad. And what would happen if right now we all made a choice that we're coming together to tone together a vision, a frequency, a melody, a vibration of a whole different energy entering in our collective, an energy that would make our hearts sing every day. What would that energy be? And let that come out in your own. So here we go. Awesome. So for, for those of you, own, own with us, you know, do your do your sounding and come over and, and tell us over at the Shaman's Cave or over on YouTube or drop us an email about how it felt, if you could really feel into your body when you shifted into that state of sounding and what an interesting thing you can do at any time just to, you know, you're stressed out, close your eyes and ohm. You know, and remember, invite the wind in if you don't want to sing alone. And um, follow us over at shamanstv.com. Sign up for our mailing. We, we only use it for this list. And um, Sandra? Well, I've been impressed with some of the um, posts that have been coming on Shaman's Cave. I think we're starting to raise our level of consciousness a little bit. I just, I want to say I love the posts and I just want to add in a little thing of uh, questions on shamanic teaching are not really what um, our vision of, of the Shaman's Cave Wall is about because it's a practice that goes back over 100,000 years. 
and we want to honor it. And you don't teach um, shamanism over Facebook. You sign up for a workshop and do it the right way. So that's the only comment I have. I can really see we're really raising to a different consciousness what people are bringing. And thank you so much. And those who want to learn shamanism, we have so many resources for you. So mm -hmm. check them out on Shamans TV. Awesome. Thank you. And we'll see you again next week. <laughs>